Good morning, and welcome to the Artist Morning Podcast. My name is Darius, and today I'm going to share with you one of my most effective secret weapons to living a life full of creativity. I firmly believe the most important task artists, creators, people who want to live a truly full life can do is to make space, to make space for energy, for creativity, for inspiration, to find you and work its way through you. You got to open your channels to receive. And today I'm going to share with you a story that um, highlights a key moment in my life where I was able to look at a place where my channels had closed down and collapsed and bring expansion and life into those places, which subsequently led to an explosion of creativity. So, to tell this story, I got to give you a little context. I grew up in a neighborhood in Toronto that was tough. It was a rougher neighborhood. And when I got into high school, um, our school was filled with gangs. Our first day of high school, I remember there was like, almost like a, a 20 on 20 fight. And then for the subsequent first few weeks, there were many fights, many weapons, many, you know, um, encounters with police. The police were permanently just kind of placed at our school. And being a freshman in high school from a specific ethnic background, my background is Persian, Middle Eastern, you know, and there was a strong Middle Eastern presence and gang in our school. And so we got a lot of programming, a lot of training around how to be, quote unquote, real men. And one of the training was around dancing. And I never forget it was one of the first few weeks of school, we went to this dance club, an all ages dance club. And I remember the cool kids, the strong kids, the kids you idolized, laid down the law. And I apologize for this language, but I think it's important to keep it real and keep it honest. The training was clear. Real men don't dance. Real men are at these clubs, these bars, these parties, either because they are looking to fuck or they're here to fight. The only people who dance that aren't interested in those two things, again, I apologize for this language, but those people were called faggots very derogatory in 2021, but if you can imagine, I don't know, what was it, like 1994 or 5, that language was more prevalent and there was 
a strong, just homophobic energy everywhere. And it was accepted, unfortunately. And so, okay, that's the programming, you know, and you were on the dance floor because you were pursuing a woman or you were on the dance floor because you needed to puff up your chest and be tough and strong and fight. And I watched the men who broke that rule, and by men I mean little boys really, because that's what we were, and they were bullied, abused, beaten, made fun of, and so that was clear. (laughs) Do not dance. And that was a moment of training for me that muted a very important expansion channel, movement, flow, you know? And so over the course of the next decade or so, I did dance, but only under one circumstance. I needed to be so intoxicated that my inhibitions were thrown out the door. The good news is that group of people that gave me that training after my first or second year of high school, I found a way out of that social group. Obviously, clearly very toxic social group. But even after I exited from that group, the training was still there. And so those rare occasions that I would dance, I would be very inebriated so that the programming would wash away and that would feel good momentarily. But of course, you're hungover the next day. And so now fast forward to 2015. I joined this Facebook group that was about doing one challenge a day. And the first couple of days were easy. I did them. I nailed them. It was great. And then I don't know, like maybe day five or six, there was a challenge that was about turning your video on and dancing for 30 seconds. And I bailed. I was like, hell no. I made some sort of excuse. This does not feel comfortable. I've had to do this in different events. And it's just like, no, I'm not a dancer. No, no, no. It was just a clear no. The identity was crystal clear. That's not me. And I had cut off that part of me so that I could reconcile that belief that I am not a dancer. And then there is this one person in the group who put her hand up. Her name was Sarah. And she said, hey, I'm the same way. I don't like doing this, but I've been going to this thing called ecstatic dance. And it happens on Mondays and it's really helped me break through that. Does anyone want to come? And I very politely said, oh, that sounds interesting. Great. But never said anything after that. But we don't know about my friend Sarah is she is relentless. Over the course of the next eight Mondays, every single Monday, she would message me in the morning and say, hey, D, do you want to come to ecstatic dance? And for eight consecutive weeks, I made an excuse. 
there's always some excuse, work, family, friends. And by the ninth week, when she messaged me, I was like, oh my God, she will not quit. How do I get out of this? This is so annoying. Fine, I'm going to come one time and then I'll tell her this is not for me. Leave me alone. <laughs> and so let me say a couple of things about ecstatic dance because maybe you know what it is. Maybe you've done a version of it. Maybe you have no clue what it is. And it's really important to understand what ecstatic dance or at least this version of ecstatic dance is about. So it happened in this incredible space, Dover Courthouse in Toronto. It's like this big four-story space that's just like giant rooms where people can congregate and dance and all do all sorts of stuff. So lots of dance courses were there. You come in, it's like 7 p.m. start, and here are the, the, the ground rules. There is no talking. There are no substances, like no drinking, no booze, no nothing. And you can wear whatever you want. And so people end up wearing like all sorts of different stuff, but like mostly like exercise clothes. It's not a club. It's not a bar. And so you pay your 15 bucks or whatever it was. I go in and I look at all these strange humans doing strange dance moves that I've never seen before. Because the point of ecstatic dance is just free flow movement. It's not a dance routine or steps or, you know. And I was also very surprised that the age of the people in this group, <laughs> there were a lot of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and they were moving. And so I found my spot at the very, very, very back corner. And I was in full panic mode. I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? What is this? And so I just started like stretching during the warm up, the 30 minute warm up. And then that came to an end. And the DJ of all people brings the music down to zero. We are, sit in a circle and the DJ speaks, which is so foreign to me because I've never heard a DJ speak in my life. And the DJ shared some sort of, they always share some sort of story or theme. And the, the story was around, imagine you are at the edge of a mountain cliff and I just want you to feel in is almost like a meditation feel in to what your want is here what do you want here do you want to go back do you want to sit down do you want to something else I was like damn the instant instinct for me was I want to fly I want to fly. I got goosebumps just saying that again now. And I resented that that instinct came out because I'm like, what does that mean? Why can't we just chill? What are you doing? What's happening? And so this particular ecstatic dance always starts on the floor on your back with like no sound at all. And slowly they bring the music up to a, really intense crescendo about an hour an hour and a half in and then they bring it back down to like no music just on your back again in meditation and so here's the thing 
I've got one dance move. You know which one it is. It's the shuffle like left, right. How many times are you going to do that? You can only do that for like two minutes. Usually then I'd go talk to someone and then I'd go grab a drink and then do the shuffle step again and then talk to, you know, and you extend time and then get the hell out of there. But I couldn't do that. And so panic again set in. And then the most extraordinary thing happened. I closed my eyes for 10 seconds. I took a deep breath unconsciously and my body just moved on its own. No dance routine, no structure, just movement. And it instantly felt like euphoria. It felt like an MDMA drop. And it was 10 seconds and you're like, oh my God, that felt great. And then consciousness came back and I'm like, D, what are you doing? What are you doing? People can see you. Open your eyes. Open my eyes. Terrified that everyone's staring at me. So embarrassed. And of course, as I open my eyes, there's like a 70-year-old man crawling on the floor in front of me. And there's like a woman to the left, like making dance moves like a dinosaur. And, and it was so free and weird and here I am moving my body for 10 seconds terrified that the whole world's making fun of me and I'm like nobody cares dude <laughs> nobody is watching you in this place chill out and that made me smile and that night maybe two or three more times I caught that flow for just a few seconds and then the night came to an end. I grabbed my stuff and I bailed. I was like, that was so weird. But over the course of that week, I would find myself closing my eyes again and moving my body again and feeling the freedom, the expansiveness, the flow, the just transcending myself and my thoughts and just being in flow. Just a few times that happened during the week, but just enough for me to find myself back the following Monday at ecstatic dance and back for 12 more consecutive Mondays and then back and back and back and back for the next few years. I discovered that dance is not about picking women up or picking men up or showing off or getting the right dance move. Our ancestors have been dancing for thousands of years. It's a way to drop into your body, to drop into your breath, to expand, to connect and group flow, to maybe tackle a fear and, and realize that you're going to be okay. Or maybe just to enhance joy and ecstasy in your body. But in those weeks 
at Dover Courthouse at that community of beautiful weirdos. I was able to to connect back to a part of me that I had cut off. I was able to open a creative channel that would give me so much access to confidence, to grounding, to rooting, to creativity for the rest of my life, at least so far. And so maybe for you, dance is no big deal. You dance the moment music available to you. And maybe you're like me and you're like, nope, 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 no possible way. All of us have some place in our life that has become muted, has become closed and potentially collapsed. And if we look at those places where we have made a belief in an identity around that is not me, I do not sing, I do not dance, I do not paint, I do not fill in the blank, you might be surprised to find that there is a a missing puzzle piece that is crucial to the next level, the next evolution of your creativity in this world. Is there a place where you have closed yourself off, where you have begun to collapse? A place where maybe lies dormant, incredible, creative energy, a place where there is so much aliveness, joy, and expression inside you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Darius, and we will see you next time.